This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. We have been a podcast since 2015 and on one, two, three, four occasions now we have seen a manager sacked by our football team. Now, David Diamond, I once went, because this is the way you hang, I once went to corporate um, and there was a quiz and you were, and this was probably 20 years ago, you were able to name all the Ipswich managers. Ipswich only had like, I don't know, 11 managers in 100 years or something. That was, it's funny you should say that because I was thinking earlier. So in the first 20 years of me being a supporter, i.e. actually physically going to watch Ipswich, um, I could only count three. Ma- the, okay, there might have been a slight caretaker. I could only count three, which was Sir Bob, um, Bobby Ferguson and John Duncan. And that was it until John Lyle came in, what, 1990, 89? Um, but then... So, yeah. Things have changed. Even then, somewhat. then Burley's going to be there for like six or seven but years. Burley's going to be there after. quite a while. So yeah, it's um, it's, I mean, it's eighteen managers now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's up there now, isn't it? We're getting um, yeah, we're getting through them, starting to get through them, aren't we? You may as well call us Watford, Craig. <laughs> That's working for them. So why not? Let's give it a shot, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> They're in the Premier League. Um, sorry, look, we're. Um, Look, as you can imagine today, there is, there's no script. There's one story in town. Ipswich Town have sacked Paul Cook after nine months in charge. Yes, this has been COVID scheduled, so nine months does actually take in more games than a normal nine months. But nine months is not a George Burley reign or a Bobby Robson reign, um, uh, let's just say. Um, so we're reacting to this news. And we've got to say big thank you to Craig. Um, who joined Richard and manned up. I was just saying to the... Um, oh, I'm not allowed to say manned up in 2021, am I? No, stepped canceled. up. Cancelled. Done. Get him out. Um, stepped up last night. Do you know what, Dave? I walked the dog. I got drenched. I pulled my phone out of my pocket and I'm like, no. no. 
I did it. Serious. I was out. I was out with some friends. We're out with a group of friends having a sort of Christmas meal at Westerfield Swan, and my phone was just buzzing. And and my wife is a bit eggy if I get you know if I start <laughs> looking at my phone. So I was sort of like this, and I suddenly was going shit. She said, what's, Dave, happened? what's happened? And I you said, have to do what Craig did. You have sure. to either go all in or do what I did, where it was just like there was a split decision to make. Yeah. I looked at my missus and my four month baby, and it was like Craig. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do but it. It was, but, um, it, was t- it was a typical I, understatement from my other half. So I looked at my phone and went, shit. She said, oh, no, what's happened? Is it Jordan? Is it Kieran? What's happened? What's that? Oh, no, Paul, <laughs> Paul Cook's been sacked. And it was a general <laughs> apathy on her face. <laughs> it was almost that, you know. Craig, how was, the, how was the stream last night? What, um, what was the kind of – was there a overarching, underlying um, mood, a type of comment you were getting – was there surprise? Was there shock? How was it? Yeah, that was, I think the main. The, I think it was mainly shock. Everyone was just mm. sort of in a state of not disbelief because you know it's nothing's unbelievable, but just the fact that it just came out of nowhere, really, hadn't it? You know, people were sitting a bit of a grumps about a pretty drab FA Cup performance, and that was sort of that was it. Everyone's just now looking forward to Charlton. I mean, in a strange way, he'd almost set himself up for it, which I'm surprised he wouldn't. You know, this time last week, or just brought, sorry, just prior to the crew game last week, you know, you look at the fixtures and the three games coming up, and he almost came up and said, well, there's three games almost we're going to win. We'll be up, you know, get these wins under our belt, and we're, you know, we're off and running. And um, obviously that comes off the back of a fairly unconvincing performance against crew. Well, we all know what happened against uh, <laughs> against Arsenal um, on 23s. And then, obviously... Um, Obviously, yesterday's far again another far from convincing performance. So, yeah, it was. Um, um, I'm not saying he backed himself into a corner, but yeah. just quickly, boys, I've I've forgotten. There's been a lot going on. Um, were you? Can you just raise your hand if you were at both the Arsenal game and the Barrow game? So you were at both of them, Craig and Joe. Dave, you were at the Arsenal game, but no, not... no, I was at neither. Are you at neither? Oh, there no. we go. Hey, no, same here. I'm in Bedfordshire with a four-month-old baby. I'm in so... Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> you, weren't, you, weren't alone, you weren't alone in not going uh, yesterday. To be fair, I know. So I was um, Wednesday, to be I did have an excuse. I was out Wednesday. Yesterday, I just didn't go. <laughs> uh, Joe, what, um, what, what happened yesterday before we get into the Paul Cookisms? Just a... Uh... Same as it has been for the last few at home, really. Just a, just a very, very dull game, wasn't it? There was very little goal mouth action. I thought the first half was especially poor. There was nothing from either side there. They sort of kept us at arm's length. We weren't really able to do anything with it. Made the change that a lot of people have been calling out for at half time. We're putting Joe Piggott up front with Macaulay Bond. And the second half was better. I, but it, it didn't have a particularly high bar to clear. The second half was better. But still, Piggott hit the post very early on in the first couple of minutes of the half. And I think the sort of a header, Cameron Humphreys managed to get across his man, but it deflected onto the bar right in the very, very last minute. But it was it was just a dull, drab game where we created very little against a as their record shows, a poor side, a sort of bottom-end League Two side. And at Portman Road this year, we've seen us lose to Newport in League Two. We've seen us lose to West Ham under-21s, Arsenal under-21s. We've drawn with Colchester. We've drawn with Oldham. We've drawn with Barrow. And these are games we should just be putting these teams away, whether it's a changed team or not, really. And it's it's hard to know the sort of machinations of what was going on with the decision because I I can't imagine that the nil-nil at Barrow was the... Straw no. that broke the camel's no. backs, to no. say. But I had friends sitting in the West Stand or the Magnus Stand, and 
they said that there was a fair bit of abuse aimed at the director's box at the end of the game towards sort of where Ashton was sitting. But I, that's not for me. That's just what someone's told me. So, but the, the, the wheels must have been in motion for this already. You see Paul Cook's interview at the end of the game. And he just, I know he's sort of gone down swinging a little bit with it. In, yeah, in I, I got the impression it was see me in the office at the end of the day um, type thing that he knew. Mm. Um, Craig, does that um, does that line up with your assessment of Barrow then yesterday? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was poor. It was, it, you know, we've said it half a dozen times in the last half a dozen matches. It was just slow, ponderous. It wasn't until the second half where we put two up front and we did go a little bit more direct. It just went to show, you know, like Lambert was guilty of this, wasn't it? Just trying to be too bloody clever in League One. You don't need to be intricate and silky smooth in, in League One. You just get to, people in and around the box and get the ball up to them and, and see what happens. You know, because Pickett, I thought Pickett played well when he came on he was causing problems he certainly you know the first half there skipper had a his pipe and slippers on we didn't in the second half he spent most of it on the floor getting back up after Piggott had knocked him over sort of thing so I think it just went goes to show that you know if you do get more people in the action areas if you like you can cause problems but you know they don't they obviously haven't ever been coached to play for for two so that's the issue is that you know people saying well everyone you know Oh, you got your wish now, everyone. You got two up front. Well, yeah, but they've probably never even spoken about it on the training field for the last six months, let alone you know practiced it or been coached it. And it's, okay. it's when you look at when um, sorry when Matt Gill came in charge of those three or four games last year. And yeah, the Acton performance wasn't great, and but we we sort of played four games and we withdrew with Oxford and then won the other three against the teams in the top six or something. Like, and all we did was put Norwood and Parrot up front and go direct into them, didn't we? That's yeah. that's the only thing that we really changed. That's what you need to do if you want to get out of this division yeah. if, if you are just trying to get out of it purely rather than opposed to all like I, I don't see your faces anymore on the screen i just see neil harris's face on the screen now as you're talking <laughs> that's all i'm seeing there um david have you got anything to add on yesterday before we talk no, no, i mean not really it's, it's, again it's, it's small margins isn't it it's a good effort from you know pigger he's only just come on hasn't he i'm seen the highlights and he he turns Really good strike that goes in the bottom corner, and not saying it saves Cook's job, but you know it's a goal for Piggott, and who knows we go on and maybe win two or three. It's, yeah, it's small, it's quite small margins, isn't it? But yeah, yesterday again, you know, nil nil was, and to be honest, to be honest, that's one of the reasons I didn't go down. I could just see it, you know, I, uh, it was I could see it being the Oldham game all over again. You know, you you hope you think. Well, we got the early goal against Oldham, and that didn't play. Uh, that didn't pan out. But you know, you hope for another Doncaster. Which, looking at the side he put out, to be fair, he was fairly true to his word. He did put out a strong side. That's come on. That side was certainly good enough to beat Barrow, and should have been Barrow quite comfortably. But again, as the guy said, seemingly first half stuck with the stuck with one up front, incredibly isolated. But from what I can gather, it certainly did seem better. I was listening to Luke Hyam and that on the commentary, and it did sound better second half. But yeah, um, and yeah, just pretty surprised. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's let's move on to the actual sacking then, because I agree with Ollie. I think the Barrow game's a moot point. I think um, Joe is most probably right when he says wheels are in motion. When I see our friends um, at the EADT putting out tweets that look very, very surprised and the journalists don't know... Then mm. I'm thinking, okay, well, this one's yeah, yeah this one's um, a bit of a surprise, right? Can I just um, either get your three guys' agreement or disagreement on what and where we were and what Paul Cook was when he arrived? Because 
my assessment when Paul Cook <laughs> arrived in March is that he was over and above um, a good enough manager for us. I thought after the job he did at Wigan, he would possibly get a parachute team or a good um, a good championship team, you know, one that was maybe trending upwards but without parachute payments. Um, and I thought we were lucky to have him. Um, Craig, do you agree or disagree with that on Paul Cook in March? Yeah, I think so. I think I think knowing, not knowing what we know now, I think you know, fair fair play to Evans. He was probably the best man that Evans could have got, certainly stature wise, and probably a, a much more ideal fit for an Evans type structure. Well, I'm going to use the word structure very very loosely here, but for an Evans type structure of a football club than the one that he actually found himself in two months and then six months down the line. And, Joe, and, for, and for Evans, I suppose, importantly, he was available, wasn't he? There was no comp, no compensation or anything, you know, to be negotiated there. He's available. And, yeah. and just while you were talking, Dave, do you agree with my assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Joe? Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, I saw your pod earlier. I did watch your pod earlier, your thing earlier on, your blog earlier on. And um, I think you said some, some, someone like a Sheffield United. And probably, yeah, his stock was that no, high. No, not... Not the no, first not, manager, but no, after I know the first saying, year. Yeah, after, after, yeah, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe? Yeah, I, maybe I didn't think he'd get a job that high, but it certainly was a real coup to get him to drop down to League One after the job he'd done with Wigan in the Championship, which was an unbelievable job, mm. getting in there and keeping in there. And sort of they were dead and buried, weren't they, really? And sort of when they had that points deduction, I know that was sort of up in the air, but the run that they went on sort of post-Christmas oh, there was brilliant. Was... And like for me, I think there was sort of... Cook was available and Danny Cowley was available. And for me, they were very much 1A and 1B, but they were a long way ahead of anyone else. Those, if, mm. if I sort of said, if we could get either Cowley or Cook, we've, we've done bloody well here. And, and we, and we got Cook who probably, probably was the slightly better candidate than the Cowleys, but it was, yeah, like I said, I know everyone, I, I don't think there was anyone who thought there was a poor appointment. And the first things we were looking at and talking about when he came in was, can we still get to the automatic places? Not not can we get to the playoffs, can we get to the top two is what we were thinking. And mm. I don't know how many points that would have taken, but when you looked at the run of fixtures we had, had had ahead of us, it was pretty much the bottom the bottom dwelling teams, the division, the teams that we'd traditionally, <laughs> since we'd been in League One, been able to swat aside quite easily. So there was real hope of, sort of really pushing on and having a go at it, but it just did not happen, did it? There were some horrible results amongst them. Proper beatings as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Three at Wimbledon, wasn't it? Three at Chillingham. Northampton. Chillingham, Northampton. Yeah. Wow. Um, can we just, Dave, can we just go back um, a little bit further? Because um, Dave is right. I don't want to plug the um, uh, my championship channel, but I did do a piece on it this morning. And a lot of the feedback I've got has fallen on one particular subject, which I want to get your guys' opinion on. And that is the idea of Cook either not being um, Game Changers man, being Game Changers man, or whether they've managed to play a very clever hand in that um, he was kind of their man, but they didn't hire him. So if it didn't go well, they could say he wasn't their man. Craig, what is go? what is going on here? The takeover hadn't happened. Game Changer didn't hire um, Paul Cook. I wasn't in the room. I'm not going to be Billy Big Boots and pretend I know. I don't know 
What, what's your take on this? And is there any chance, like I say, there's been a bit of a clever manoeuvre here to not for him not to be their guy in case... And if he's top of the league, he's their guy. And yep. if he's 11th, he's not their guy. What, what, what's your take? Because um, people are getting very hit up about this distinction. Yeah, but well, first and foremost, we don't know, do we? However, I you, you wouldn't have... And I know, to be fair, I think they came out at the time and... and said that you know it was Evans's appointment it had you know, very little input from us but you can't imagine that these guys are going to be spending 30 million quid you know signing in signing on the dotted line potentially in three or four weeks time after he got appointed that they didn't have and a kind of input into the sort of manager that they wanted to be, want to have in place and having had a pretty disastrous last four months of the season with him they then absolutely backed him to the hilt, didn't they? They just gave him complete carte blanche to rip the squad to pieces and open checkbook to go and buy who the hell you want. So I, I say, yeah, C in in your three options, I would have thought is that they had a get out of a get out clause, should we say, in that if it hadn't and it didn't work out, um, then they could get rid of him with man. a yeah, what's your, opinion, man. what's your opinion, Joe, on on <laughs> whose man is Cook? Well, Cook was Evans' man. Evans appointed him, I'm, like I say, but as we said, he was a standout candidate for the job at the time. So if, if Game Changer were appointing a manager, Paul Cook would have been very high on that list. But I think, and this is where I do have a, a fair bit of sympathy for Paul Cook, is that he came into a job, as sort of Craig mentioned earlier, under Marcus Evans, where you are the man. You run the club. You do what you want. You're, you hire who you want. You get your staff who you want. You do your fitness who you want. And, it, and it's quite an old school way to run a club. It's almost sort of a very dated model. And he's, so he's coming to that side of the job. And now he's working under Mark Ashton, Andy Rolls, Gary Probert, who are all very senior football people ahead of him. And he's, from, from the sort of stuff we're hearing, he's being told when players are in the red zone and they shouldn't be playing and things like that, which I, I, I don't personally think is the wrong way to go, but it's a very different job to the one that he signed up for. So yeah. he's almost been sold a dud. And like James James Norwood, his comments on Twitter were quite revealing, weren't they? How, hey, saying what, how he's, what were they, Joe? Can you just he basically um, said, them up? me and the gaffer are fine. I've got great respect for him. We had a good relationship. So... That indicates that it's the powers that be above the manager that were making James Norwood unavailable for selection. So, sort of Cooks, come, like I say, Cooks come into a club expecting to be the man, and he's now not the man. He's just a man in the club, and it's and it's it's a very different role. And like I say, would would he have signed up for that? Were his hands tied to an extent? How many of the sign? Obviously, some of the signings were his. When you talk about. Um, Sort of Sam Morsey, Christian Walton, Lee Evans, very obviously Paul Cook signings. But when you talk about Raheem Harper, Kyle Edwards, former West Brom players, where Mark Ashton, Mike O'Leary, yeah. Mike O'Leary were involved, even Wes Burns, possibly a former Bristol City connection there. Who was signing who? Because Raheem Harper's one now that we there's just no role for him in a Paul Cook team, and he's a sort of signing. Was Scott Fraser a signing that Paul Cook wanted, or was he a signing that Mark Ashton wanted? Because there was a good deal to be done. So it seemed like things had got a little bit muddled in the football club. And I think there's probably an element of relief maybe for Paul Cook that he's out of it now. I've, I, I, I don't think he'll be, he'll obviously be disappointed that he hasn't done what he came here to do and that he's lost his job. But I think if the relationship had gone like that this quickly, that it's maybe, maybe not the worst thing for him to get out of it because he, he I don't know. I, 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 I've felt for a little while that it's almost like a 
Paul Cook was the gun for hire to get us that League One into the Championship. And once we got into the Championship, I'd imagine we'd have just parted company with him relatively quickly up there because they want to establish this football structure and get a head coach, you'd imagine, in rather than a manager and someone to work in the structure. So I think maybe Cook would have been sold a pup a little bit, maybe, but obviously he he didn't know what was going on. But and I don't think he had a clue that was what was going on when the takeover happened, from sort of what I hear from sort of people who yeah. would know. Well, no, there'd have been non-disclosure agreements and all sorts, wouldn't there? Yeah. Well, can, before Dave, before you have your say on the uh, whose guy is Paul Kirk, the the only thing, the only pushback I'd have slightly on what Joe said is there was just these odd little bit of wink, wink, nudge, nudge in some of Paul Cook's post matches before the takeover happened, and I just remember one after one particular defeat, and forgive me, I can't remember when he was like. Don't worry, the fans are going to be really happy with what's been happening. So uh, maybe you're right, Joe, that the exact extent of the structure. But I think he came in with the assurance. And again, I'm, I'm speculating. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not Paul Cook, all right, before anyone gives me that nonsense on Twitter or whatever. But um, I think, you know, there were certain assurances he was given. But I do accept your, your point, Joe, that maybe not quite exactly structured. Dave, sorry. Um, how, how often do we have a Blue Monday podcast where we shut Dave up for about eight minutes in a row? There we go. Dave, <laughs> no, think, whose, whose man is Paul Cook? I think largely I agree. I agree with Joe there that he didn't sign up. He didn't sign up for what the job ultimately became. I mean, I've, I've heard I've heard things such as it wasn't gonna. He was he was brokered that it wasn't gonna be a complete full takeover. It was gonna be a big investment into the club. Um, but Joe's right in what he says that, you know, he goes into the club as the club was under Evans and he's got, okay, he's obviously not got the funds, but he knew the score was um, at the time. Um, and he's got carte blanche to do everything once on the football side. Evans just clearly, well, he didn't want to know, but was very, very hands off as far as that was concerned. Then he's quite rightly said he probably was then promised, promised funds. But what I understand was broker there's not a takeover, but a, a larger, a large investment. So clearly, um, it's completely different. It's a completely different role, almost, to what he signed up for. Um, and again, I tend to agree as well. His stock is still relatively undamaged. I mean, you know, okay, look, six more points, a point off the which we could have easily had. Um, he's what two or three points off the playoffs, and everyone's probably generally happy, and he's got a bit more time. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I, I think I think Craig said last night. Last night, you know, slightly sort of disappointing from a sort of fan's point of view. Just don't, you just don't want to see it. But look, it's big investment coming into the club, and these guys just ain't going to wait. Ain't going to wait. You know, ain't going to wait long for it to happen. You know, the brief is to get obviously to get out of League One as soon as possible, and then hopefully consolidate in the Championship, and obviously then make the the massive step. So, yeah, I'm a frankly a bit surprised it's happened quite so soon but you know we, we waited we said before how we waited under under Hurst didn't we you know that that fateful month that fateful few weeks where we won at Swansea and then we went another what month was it or something like that it you was know, another that, three three games but we lost another, them, yeah. another three games exactly well you know you look at the two games we've got coming up coming up this week um and then of course you're into the slap back into the you know, pack out Portman Road, 27,000 or whatever at home to Sunderland. So um, if you look at it in that way, um, 
yeah, you can see why the decision was made well, now. Dave, I'm sure Joe won't mind me saying, when we went off air the other night, um, we chatted for a couple more minutes, and I said to Joe, um, my parting shot was, nah, I think it'll be like Alex Neal at Norwich, and they'll go up until the playoffs. That was the last thing I said to you, Joe, wasn't it? Mm, so, yeah. complete, complete surprise. I- I thought I thought a bad result, which obviously kicked off with a bad result yesterday, and then conceivably, what well, could hopefully not, but could be two defeats coming up this week. I thought, and with the Sunderland game coming up, I thought that might be the breaking point. But. Yeah, I, I said to Ben, I think we've got to win one of the next two league games, as in Charlton or Wigan. I think if we didn't win either of those, I think that would have been it. But obviously, yeah. it was further down the line than that already. And yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose just as Ipswich Town fans, we're conditioned into. I know there was Hurst, but the last few managers have outstayed their oh. welcome by so far and that's sort of couldn't Jimmy get rid Gilton. of him <laughs> even back to Jimmy Gill and I think he was sort of it was obvious we weren't going to get in the playoffs that season but Evans waited until that very last second Roy Keane he was here too long Paul Jewell needed to go a lot earlier than he did Mick McCarthy probably could, could have gone a season before he did even even more and then Paul Lambert I mean, should have got another year over a year more than he should have done so we it's almost like by the time a manager is sacked when you're an Ipswich fan it's that almost the whole fan base is a, is in agreement with it, or they're in agreement that it, a change is probably needed, even if they think the managers are doing a decent job, like it was with Mick for a lot of people. But just this one, um, is this a new Ipswich fan, or is this just them getting rid of the supposed gun for hire to replace either with another gun for hire, a Neil Warnock or a Steve Bruce or someone like that? Or is it... We'll, uh, come, to it. we'll come to that. Or is <laughs> it going for a long-term plan? If only all this investment wasn't sloshing around over New Year 2015. Who knows? Oh, Who knows it. where we would have been? Craig, you were nodding along there. Do you want to just come in before I pose the next question? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I said last night is that, you know, it's not very often that, you know, the owners of a club have less patience than the fans of a club. You know, there wasn't yeah. any huge <laughs> yeah. groundswell of, you know, um, you know, cookout or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's been a fair few managers whereby, you know, me personally, I haven't been bored of either the person just droning on or the football that you're witnessing you think crikey as Dave said just pull the trigger man just pull the trigger and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting it hasn't happened and this time round it just caught everyone on the hop didn't it do you think it's all the derogatory DMs the owners have been getting from very um, very irate <laughs> pension from very irate pensioners in Arizona <laughs> look what's happened to my pension pot oh dear right I suspect I can get a unanimous answer I just want to cover the summer recruitment. So putting aside the comments, which I think are reasonable, that Joe made about the specificity of player recruited against the manager you've got, put that to one side. Do we all agree, Craig, that the standard of player brought in was A, far higher than Paul Lambert had? This wasn't Alan Judge and that's the transfer window, or James Norwood, and that's the transfer window. So it was A, higher than Paul Lambert had, and B, and believe me, I have to defend myself all the time on bloody YouTube. You think you've got a divine right? No, I don't. I just can see the world as it is and understand that Manchester City have more money than Watford. They have a better squad. Ergo, their expectations will be higher, and if they perform competently... They will be a better football team. Um, I make our squad the best in the division. Call me divine right guy, Ipswich prick, whatever. I don't care. Um, Craig, summer recruitment. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, as, as Joe said earlier, and as we, Rich and I were saying last night, it was just a bit muddled, wasn't it? Yes, you can't argue, you know, we we're all giddy with the volume of players that were coming in the door, but once things had settled down and, you know, we all got used to Paul Cook's set-in-stone 4-2-3-1 formation, then you did start to wonder, well, hang on, where's Harper fitting? He starts as a central, uh, you know, defensive midfielder, but he's not a defensive midfielder, he's a number 10 now. Where does Scott Fraser fit into this? He himself said he's a number 8. Well, we don't even play it. We don't play a number eight. So what's he doing here? Um, Wes Burns, to a certain extent, I don't know. Um, but yes, no, you are correct in that we we have a squad now that was far better than the one that um, Lambert had to choose from. You can obviously pick out one or two players here and there that, that arguably, but as, as a whole, it's certainly better. The quality is better. The the standard, the depth of the, of the quality is better. Um, but for whatever reason, Paul Cook just wasn't getting a tune out of what was his squad. And he, we'll got, come, he, could, he can't have any arguments with it. We'll come on to strategic and tactical. That's my next question. Uh, we'll, get, we'll go to Dave first and then we'll go to Joe, um, just to change it up a little bit. Dave, um, recruitment is the next part of the story. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think you'd, you'd agree. Uh, my boys tell me all the time, my lads, and Dad, I can't I just can't understand it. And uh, it's been used before how he's just not getting a tune out of these players because they are they comfortably are the best squad man for man in the league without you know without a doubt. And I think the early recruitment was really exciting when Burns came quite early. You know, liked him. Piggott came quite early on. I think it got towards the end where there was some sort of almost, oh, okay, obviously he was always going to get Morsey. He came just before the transfer window, but suddenly also signs, you know, Selena suddenly appears. You think, bloody hell, you know. There's I'm almost the... a cheese board, Dave. You're already full. You don't need oh, no, it. It's smorgasbord of players. And um, yeah, look, man. I'm, I'm Cigar. We're all, you know, exactly. We're all really at port. We're all, port. We're oh, all really at port. Stuff. You love oh, to see it. Yeah, yeah we're all. Only it's only a wafer thin mint, Dave. Selena, just wafer thin, wafer thin. Um, I think we all were really excited, and um, and yeah, there's no doubt, man for man. I think I think they are the best squad in the division, but for one reason or another, tactically he was very um, how can I put this nicely? Rigid, I guess. We'll come to Um, that. We'll come to that. Let me keep your recruitment. Yeah, wouldn't 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 change. Um, so no, I, I yeah. Dave has frozen, saying the word recruitment. Hopefully, he'll come back. Uh, so I'll go to Joe on um, recruitment. Yeah, the recruitment was, well, like I said, we, we obviously spent a hell of a lot of money. I know we brought in quite a few in fees, but I'd imagine our wage bill is considerably larger Huge. than it was this time last year. And like I say no manager in our history has had the opportunity to go out, and, apart from maybe Jim Jilton in that first, when the Evans investment first came in, has had the opportunity, like, in a, well, it was a depressed market. We we were the money team. There was barely, I think there was only something like 36 transfers in the championship for a for a fee. Stop and we, and um, we, we had we, 34 of them. Well, like I said, we signed like seven all. or eight players for a fee. And like I said, we were the big spenders. We we got the targets. And there's been a lot of talk lately about, oh, this is is this two-season project with Cook. And I've just, I, I never, ever thought it would be. You look hold, at what happened on transfer deadline. Hold day. your fire Burst on that on, one. That's question like, number six, Joe. Okay, but recruitment-wise, <laughs> Burst and Selena, Sam Morsey and Christian Walton signing on transfer deadline day. What's well, the size of that investment over the the three years of Sam Morsey's contract on X 
thousand pounds a week, which is more than ten, no doubt. <laughs> Selena and Walton as an investment. This is, we've made a big investment, and the investment was there to get us up this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right, you all seem itching to talk about strategic, um, tactical matters. So, um, from and hopefully I'm not paraphrasing. And what was that Channel Four journalist? Um, so you're saying whatever her name was. Um, so you're saying that we had a very highly qualified um, manager, a very highly qualified squad. Now, um, I saw Wigan beat Hull 8-1 and play a 4-2-3-1. And the fullbacks bombed forward. I'll quote Jim McGilton and Adam Lee when they're talking about Joe Royal and people like that. Um, pass forward, run forward, quick on transition, Wide forwards, um, narrow, powerful number 10, goals, 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 attack, attack, attack. Um, and obviously, we know some of the players, Reese James, yeah, Anthony say, Robinson, yeah. um, Kipray, Dunkley, uh, Morsi, Jacobs, Kiefer Moore, Jamal Lowe, Cal Naismith, Kieran Dowell, etc., etc. Um, Craig, surely this was manner from heaven with this squad, wasn't it? What went wrong to mean that that didn't work? And I suppose this is the key distinction by game, what are we up to? Game 20. By game 20 or 21, possibly, um, of League One, tactically, Craig. Well, you can you can probably draw your own conclusions, but given Cook, as Dave said, very rigid in his... Um, use of four-two-three-one, and not just this season, but previous seasons, previous clubs, previous promotions. He's he's very good at very good at doing it. But how, to my eyes, well, why didn't we ever really play it particularly well ourselves? You know what what is the missing ingredient mm-hmm. here? Well, you can probably you'll probably find out next Saturday what the missing missing ingredient potentially mm-hmm. is. You know, we we can all guess, can't we? But it just seems to be that the one missing ingredient from all of it um, was his assistant manager and you know, the coaching staff that he brought in, all, all brought in in good faith. And we don't know, you know, they've all, as I said last night, um, I know people at the club, we all know people at the club, and they've got nothing but good things to say about these guys. You know, they're very personable, approachable, you know, nice people, et cetera, et cetera. But we just didn't look like a, and again, this is just my, to my eyes, we didn't look a particularly well drilled, coached um, team and outfit, given this is the one formation that we are going to play regardless. Yeah. And I say, and it's the one formation that Paul Cook has played regardless for years and years and years and years. We didn't always look like we could play it. And I pre- appreciate some of that's down to um, you know, the lack of personnel to fit into certain play- places in the team, i.e. fullbacks. But if that's the case, you've just signed 19, 20 players in the summer. Why don't you make sure that you've got enough cover to allow you to play this one formation that you're going to play regardless. No, you don't end up having, you know, regardless of how well they've they've played, you don't have Danassian playing right back. You don't have Bailey Clements playing left back because they're not, albeit they are left back and right back, they're not the kind of left back and right back that Paul Cook likes in his team. It, the whole... Rich James. The whole... St- <laughs> yeah, I was, okay. was going to say, did, whole, he, did he not assist seven of those goals? <laughs> Yeah, but the whole system will fall down if then if they're not there, which is proven to be. And and that mm-hmm. sort of goes back to what I was saying about this four four two thing. Well, if you think Paul Cook's 
trying to Paul Cook and his men are trying to drill these guys in something he knows like the back of his hand and it's not working. But Craig, can I challenge you on something, Craig? Yeah. yeah. Um, when you say that, I'm just like, and that's a bad thing. Is this just the the wrong circumstance to be doing this absolutist philosophy, not going to change thing? Is it down to what Joe was saying that A, you're in League One and B, you've probably got one season. So perhaps we're going to play 4-2-3-1. By the end of the season, I want you to do this. But we're going to start like like this. Do you see what I'm saying, Craig? Um, yeah, possibly. I'd say I'm, I'm just confused by the fact that having, you know, set, nailed his colours to the mast with this formation for his entire career, that we weren't particularly good at playing it. And, you know, he's had... And, he, and he's brought in players who are used to playing it for a Paul Cook team as well. You know, it's not as if they're all complete strangers. Yeah. You know, he's got the sort of core of, core of the team are, should be used to playing it in any case. It just was again, just wasn't getting a tune out of him for whatever reason. It's, it's almost like that Bolton game just totally spooked him, isn't it? And that Kane Vincent Young was just getting dragged about because the midfield balance was totally wrong at that point where yeah. it was Harper and Evans in there and they just, they just yeah. weren't doing their jobs really. And Kane Vincent Young had a poor game, admittedly. He was lucky not to be sent off, giving away the penalty and pulling someone down. But we never, we never saw Kane Vincent Young play right back when we had Sam Morsey in the team no. defensively. And it, well, if we, you remember, sorry, Joe, if you remember that we all, you, I, and Dave stood at Burton and watched poor old Vincent Young just be left completely stranded by himself. Well, Harper was the guy who was supposedly next to him. Well, what about Wickham? Didn't do it for ninety minutes, did he? Yeah, oh, Wickham was the only game he played. Wasn't it? Vincent Young were there together. Yeah, at Wickham, the only game he played, and he was outstanding at Wickham. They Vincent both were. Well, yeah, the well, Nassian had played had played well and earned a spot in the team, but ultimately, he's he's the wrong sort of player for that role. And yeah. Matt Penny again, he he was doing okay. I wouldn't say he was a standout star or anything like that, but he'd made that error at Plymouth, and cool. it's just like he, he was bombed out after that. And it's I don't know. It's like Paul Cook just lost the bravery to play with the players going forward that we needed and so rather than being sort of a 4-2-3-1 which saw the square which he famously said about at the start of the season with the full backs forward and almost like five six attackers Mm. we became a flattish back forward two in front of them and just the four in front who are very good players just hoping that those four were able to create something and so rather yeah. than having five or six attackers, we ended up with four and you just outnumbered. And it was only, I say, you look at the crew game and we scored two goals. One was a fantastic bit of play from Sonny and Luca down the side where we beat three men in the area. And the other one was Burst and Celine scoring probably one of the best goals we've seen at Portman Road. And they were the goals that got us past the bottom team in the table. And I know there were a couple of chances when the game opened up, but we just, since, I know, I know we're still the top scorers in the league and it's almost a little bit... Um, Sort of a oh well, if you take this out and take that out, but we scored fourteen goals across three games, and outside of that, it's it's like twenty goals in sixteen games. It's sorry, Joe. Someone will say it on Twitter. MK Dons are the top scorers in the league. I, no, I said we were the top scorers. Oh, the, I know they are. But yeah, but but even with that, you take out those fourteen goals in three games, and it's it's twenty goals in sixteen games. It's, it's not it's not a huge amount. We're not we're not scoring two every week. We're scoring a couple of fours or six, and then one most weeks or zero. Mm. Dave, do you want to come in just tactically? Can you elucidate a bit on those three games uh, Joe mentioned? Wickham, Doncaster and um, Pompey. That was the upside, yeah? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, Doncaster were fairly, fairly terrible, weren't they? We scored, we scored 
two goals in the first half. I mean, they just absolutely blew them away. Second half, pretty much, I think everything, everything we hit went in from memory. Selena, <clears throat> Selena sort of ran a muck a bit. I think, do you know what? I think he's been a bit unfortunate with Coulson because I think with, with Coulson and a fully fit and flying Vincent Young, he probably had his two fullbacks, didn't he? Um, you know, he's been a bit, uh, I say he's been a bit, we've been a bit unlucky with the, with a Coulson injury. And what, what, I don't know if you, and again, this is another question that's leading to what sort of frustrates me, has frustrated me most I think about Cook's um, uh, sort of reign almost if I don't bump into him over Purdis you never find out what, what, how the injuries are going do you know what I mean? so no one's heard about it Has anyone heard anything when Burns is likely to be back Coulson's just disappeared since I think it was Plymouth he got injured was it I think it was Plymouth Wickham wasn't it Co- was it Wickham? Wickham? Yeah, oh, so it was Wickham. Craig, Sorry, because yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, Wickham. Um, yeah, because Burgess came on. So he's disappeared yeah. since Wickham. Burns has disappeared not long it's after Oxford, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that that's sort of frustrate what frustrating me a little bit, but I do think, yeah, you know, now, having those fullbacks sort of fit and flying with with Morsey in the team would make a hell of a difference, I think, because the little we've seen of Coulson, um, he's he's uh, certainly an upgrade on you know certainly no disrespect to Bailey Clements who's young and inexperienced. I think he's certainly an upgrade on on Matt Penny who I thought did quite well until the Plymouth game and then obviously his conference got a knock and he was pulled and really hasn't featured much since. So he's been a bit unfortunate in that in that respect. I think. But I think what? tactically, and it sort of probably goes back to Craig's point a little bit. It was the in-game coaching for me that we seem to no really struggle with. Is, well, can, no I, can I just come in on that really quickly, Joe? I'll come back to you. I promise. The, the Wickham game, and I'll talk to Craig about it, I thought we were brilliant. But the best tactical moment of the Wickham game was Coulson, was Coulson getting into the Burgess, <laughs> Burgess because he coming in to defend, to be an extra big guy. Yeah, that would never have happened. That, if if yeah. Coulson had picked up the injury, that would never have happened. Never. Joe, we'll but come back to you, on promise. Go on, go on, Craig, go on. Yeah, but what that allowed to say, and just going back to Wickham and to Portsmouth, what was noticeable with those two games was our right back, whether it be Danassian at Portsmouth or Vincent Young, against Wickham. They were both getting forward and you know, created two goals, didn't he, over at Portsmouth? Yep. Chaplin yep. won, for example. And and Vincent Young was in the box and taking people on at the Wickham game. So yep. it just goes to show that if the, the players are playing in a certain way, it, it can work. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, 
we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sorry, yep. Joe, finish your thought in-game. Well, when you look back at that Wigan game, that was our eighth away game in the league this season. And in the previous seven, we'd scored the first goal in seven of those games. And we'd lost four of them. Yeah. So we'd scored the first goal in seven away games. 1-2, which was obviously Lincoln and Portsmouth, drawn at Cambridge. And we'd gone one it up and lost at Burton, Chelsea, Harry Cheltenham, yeah. Accrington. Accrington. And um, there's one more as well in there, I think. But... Um, and it, it did seem like every every second half we seemed to get worse. There weren't there weren't many games when we improved. Even it, the Doncaster game is probably the only one we did. And even when we were tuned up at the start of that second half, there was a there was a period of play where Doncaster was starting to get back into that game mm. a little bit. And, and Cook, mm. to his credit, tweaked things about a bit. And then we and we obviously turned on the style really and won six 0 against there. But, but that was it was. I don't know, every game the other team seemed to change it. We didn't seem to be able to react. And I heard Craig was saying on the stream yesterday that he sort of sat behind Cook and you're you're seeing that he doesn't get any help and support from his bench. And I don't, but I don't know if that's if that's how he was at Wigan. He might he might have been like that at Wigan. We we don't know on that. And but or, or Richardson might have been a bit more important than we realised. But it's it's uh you you can't keep giving away leads and and when when you're doing it against. Arsenal under 21s and you tune it up and you're absolutely cruising and then you end up conceding two really good chances and then two goals straight after and you just think what what is going on and there was sort of the comment after the Cambridge game saying I'll never shut up shop and it's like well you need to find a way <laughs> to to shut up shop without you don't have to go 11 men behind the ball but you've, you've got to when the when the momentum of the game is going against you you need to be able to turn that tide somehow whether it's a I don't know just an injury to slow the game down just Sort of getting people sort of recovered and getting people back yes. focused again, but we just as soon as as soon as we came under any pressure, we conceded goals, and that's and that's been from the first game of the season through to the last. That was a, always used to think that was a feature. I'm going back a bit here. That was always a feature under McCarthy when we went one up, especially at home. We were really difficult to. You know, we really made it difficult. And okay, some of us used to get deep. I guess that helps that you had someone like Christoph Berra playing at the back, something like that. But we were really, we used to be really solid, really, really solid. And you just didn't, didn't get that under, under Cook. You just didn't, didn't get that at all. And you know, even you quite rightly said, Crew should have made it two-two. Should have been a two-two game last, last, last week probably. And otherwise, you know, oh, absolutely though, should have been, shouldn't it? Absolutely. You know, someone made a couple of heroic clearances. Okay, um, Bond missed a couple of sitters, but um, one right at the death. But that could easily, easily drop two points last week as well. Um, Cook used to say himself, didn't he? sorry, Ben, Cook used to no, say no, himself on. that, you know, we have to work so bloody hard to get our goals, yet the opposition, can, no, yeah. as Dave said, just pretty much, as soon as there's a little bit of pressure, they seem to score, whereas we're well, working our backsides off trying to... Yeah, well, that goes... The other end. That, and Craig, that goes nicely round in a circle to my observation that I put to you. Do you start, um, not full McCarthy, but do you start with the basis of, you know there's going to be times we need to be difficult to beat this season. It's League One. You come up against Accrington, 
Cambridge, Morecambe, Cheltenham, and I'm not patronising them. They're good. If you don't turn up, they'll beat you. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but right. Just to butt in quickly there as well, you look at his Wigan side, how many goals did they concede? 29 goals in a season, 46 games. We've nearly conceded. Well, have we conceded that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, what league was that, Joe? When they went league up? League one. When they won yeah, that one, they did, conceded yeah, 29 really. goals. Yeah. And, and then you look at how many goals Wigan have conceded this season. And I can see where this is charge. going. You're advocating Tony Pulis, aren't you? <laughs> Well, Mike O'Leary, West Brom, anybody? I, I, I don't know. Is that, does that, does that halves cross? I, I don't know. Um, right, this is a bit of a silly one, but give me an answer anyway, Craig. Say Paul Cook is left there with this squad. Joe's mentioned a two-year project, a three-year project. Um, at what point are Ipswich scoring 1.7, 1.8, two points per game, Craig? Bloody hell. Well, given... We'd never put more than two, only on one occasion, didn't it? We? we won two league games on the trot. Then, you know, things weren't really on an up, upward trend. I know the, the East Anglian guys were saying that, that they, they obviously, as you said, Ben, they didn't have any inkling that was happening. But from what they could tell, it's just all about trends and that the current trend wasn't wasn't going upwards. Um, I'm sure he, he will argue and, and his supporters will argue that give him a bit more time and as Joe said about Wigan in, in the new year when, when they went on that run maybe from January onwards would have got it had got more of a tune at the team but I just you just didn't you just never really got it from, from game to game from week to week from month to month there was any real tangible improvement you know you were getting yeah, was that a one run Craig that well, sort of post Cambridge game, or post the Bolton game we sort of had 20 six, points seven, in 10 games yeah, we, uh, yeah we, there we were was averaging like a, two weren't we yeah but 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 in terms of like in in the game you were saying you know a glimpse of it for one for two or three minutes in one game every two or three games <clears> a glimpse of the crawl right if this if they click you know we'll be scoring hatfuls of goals we'll be, we'll be on a roll but you just never Never really got the the. Do you know that it was ever going to happen? Do you know what I always still um, harp back to Harry from Bath about partnerships in the team and stuff? And you really haven't, other than probably um, some of the home games and the away game, Danassi and, and Burns, um, probably. Um, would you say now, say Edmondson and NCR? I mean, a lot of people would laugh at that. Edmondson but is, is that just because they've played a few games together? But it's because they've played a few games together. But other than that, you know, Morsey's had so many different midfield midfield partners in there. Harper it was El Mazzuni yesterday. Fraser was a game the other you know, last week. Um, there's just been no development of any partnerships in the team. Hasn't well, like Bond and Chapman seemed to be developing a partnership, and then yes. that was sort of that was that taken was apart, wasn't it? Taken apart, and, but. The thing that I'd say is that you look at the sort of the, the way we've played. I, I, I just I didn't see that run of wins coming in any way. It, no. it just felt that we'd we just didn't we just didn't seem to have whatever it was. And I, I wonder how like me and Ben on Thursday stream we mentioned the comments that he made after the Arsenal game about more individual errors and the only the only way we're going to change that is to change the individuals. And I think maybe the second that came out of his mouth, he might have regretted saying that because yeah. if you're Mark Ashton and you've delivered this squad for Paul Cook, which is full of quality and full of expensive players as well, and when Ipswich signed a player in League One on a three-year contract, Cameron Burgess for seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. If he's seen as a player that's making too many mistakes, just I'm not saying he is, just using him as an example. Well, you can't shift him. We can't sell him because he's not. Because where's he going to go? Who's going to take that three-year contract on? So, so Cook's saying he needs to change all the individuals again. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's a comment that has 
sort of led to this. We, we obviously we'll, we'll never know, but I can't imagine that went down at all. Well, when you look at the squad we've got, and you look at the, you look around the league, and you look at what we're spending, saying that we need to change the individuals again. After well, and Joe, just done and that to in Craig's the point about depth as well, They're like look at Wigan's first team. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good, but then look at the depth behind it, and else mm. way no one's, no one's close. Craig, to Dave, the you want to come in? No one's close to the depth of squad that we've got. Not even close. Do you think it's is. maybe too much depth? Is it confused? Probably. Yeah, especially probably in that three almost, behind the striker. Yeah, yeah. But then it doesn't come back to what you're saying about Selena being you know signed because he was available and could we because we could get it done. It got done, and now all of a sudden. You know, you've got him, you've got you've got it's, Chaplin, but then you've got Harper. Luke, right. you're right. It's, well, it's it? a, you, same you with think... Luco when he was available yeah. after we signed Louis Barry and we just grabbed him. It's been a really good signing, but no, it's been really it, good. It, it makes it makes it difficult picking a team when you've got so many players. I'm glad you them. said that. It was a bloody hard work convincing a Reading fan of that earlier. He wouldn't have it, um, guys. I've got three more, three more for you. I promise. Um, <clears throat> so the one perk of me doing a video about this as opposed to Blue Monday as well is I've got lots of outsiders view. And um, however reductive, Dave, the outsider view is, and I've had plenty of, that's crazy. He should have been given more time. What is your reaction to that? Because remember the outside, and perception is often reality. Remember the outsider um, point of view when McCarthy left, and I got very upset about this, was I thought way out of kilter with what actually was was going on what is your reaction to the idea that people from the outside think this is madness um well i think i think they just look at it and see it is i mean he's been there he's been there nine months but again they haven't they haven't seen their football week in week out you know the what it what it and what it's regressed to especially recently you know there are a lot of sideways passing um a lot of over well a lot of possession but in our own you know in our own half not in the not in the you know area of the pitch which hurts opposition and a bit like and i guess that gets a goes back to a bit like your point about McCarthy where, you know, I'm not saying that football's been terrible. It hasn't because, as Joe said, you know, you you, you haven't seen goals like Selena scored at Portman Road for, for years and years. But I think from, from an outsider looking in, Christ, you know, it's 20 games in the season, for God's sake. Um, they would, yeah, you would think that. I think I would think it about any other club, really. But it's the weight of the investment. It's the weight of the investment in the club, and that's what perhaps people from the outside just don't don't really appreciate. It's the weight of investment, and to go back to what we said, the sort of inflexibility of the tactics, really. I think more than anything. Joe. Yeah, I, I read a good post earlier on the on the forum. It's basically, a guy saying. Um, if like we're a massive club in this league and that shouldn't be forgotten about and if Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday were 11th in the league and sacked their manager would we be said oh that's crazy what on earth are they doing we, we should have expectations like that and I say Sunderland sacked Jack Ross when he was sixth and Phil Parkinson wasn't far off the players when they sacked him that you've got to get out of this league work straight away and I'm I'm not I, I don't I don't really care if we become a sacking club, if that makes sense, because I'm a little bit of the opinion. I think Rich mentioned on the pod last night that in this league, you just maybe you just need to just cycle through a few managers until you find one that works, as opposed to giving people time. If, if they're not if they're not doing a good job, and Paul Cook wasn't doing a good job, he didn't do a good job last season, he wasn't doing a good job this season, then you make the change and try and give yourself a better chance of going up this season. Great. Yeah, and I think also you. you I know people, there's been some, who'd have thought, some like furore on social media and on TWTD about, you know, the fans and that. I didn't really pick up on any noticeable 
cook out. Heard from any um, Bristol City fans yet, Craig? <laughs> My yeah, video well, has been up three minutes before I heard from. Yeah, Bristol all over City. it. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that this this, this and decision, then an Norwich fan straight after. Sorry, Craig, go on. Now I say this decision isn't being made on the back of any fan um, thoughts or, or what our opinion is. It's being done purely on points, yep. progress. You know the trend that they're seeing. The, as Joe says, the investment they've made. It's just simply from their perspective, the owner's perspective, Ashton's perspective. Ashton's heads on the block here as well. Don't forget. Now they've they've. They've put their trust in him to to get get their return on the investment. So this is by no way they, these guys aren't scaring TWTD and thinking, "Oh crikey, old mate, there's." We're <laughs> going to come to that. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not letting that one go today. Ben, was the were the guys who questioned at Portsmouth fans by any chance? Um, no, it was definitely Bristol City. <laughs> but there we go. Um, right, no, who, Craig, said we we'll st- who said we were who said we were mad? Um, oh, uh, quite honestly, my view of the general outside perception, it was, I would say, people who were invested in League One, but not necessarily Ipswich fans, probably yeah. 30, 40%, Dave, think it's, they're in the, um, and I know it's basic, I know sometimes the only information they have is the league table of and the length of time yeah, Cook of has been in yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the, the list of potential replacements. Well, yeah. and Joe, the fact he was good at Chesterfield, Pompey, and um, yeah, Wigan, and, and and sorry, Craig, quickly, and he's a sympathetic yeah. figure because yeah, of the yeah. administration at Wigan as well. Sorry, go on, Craig. No, but I say, but I'm sure if you took a straw poll of Ipswich fans, I don't know, it might be fifty-fifty in terms yeah. of no fair comment. I mean, we've met him, you know, people, and as a guy, we've met him. I, Joe's I, met him, spoken to him. Oh, he's, he's magnetic. A, yeah, he's a great guy, lovely yeah. guy. Yeah, and that is that was what I led off with earlier was disappointment it hadn't worked. Right, I've got I've got a question. We'll go to Craig first. Um, Joe's already mentioned the idea that Game Changer is wedded to promotion in one year. Is that Craig perhaps the biggest factor in the sacking? And talk to me about the consequences um, because a lot of people are very keen to tell me that. Uh, without knowing what Ipswich's accounts are, which will be published in 18 months' time from now, Ipswich is going to be in FFP trouble, without knowing what the sponsorship from Ed Sheeran is as well, and also knowing that it's a very different system in the Championship than it is in League One, and you're almost better off spending in League One. But with all of those things uh, conflated, Craig, talk to me about a one-year plan and FFP. Well, as, as Joe said, about the, the sheer weight of investment we made in the summer, anyone who doesn't think this... I say, as I said last night, the project, let's use the horrible word project, isn't getting out of League One into the Championship. That's project not the project. management. That's, that's the given. Yeah, we're getting out of League One. That's, that's, that's the, the uh, aperitif for the main course. <laughs> um, so the project is stabilising yourself in the Championship to go to the league above, isn't it? So, yeah. what be what be interesting now? And um, Nick Nick Ames posted on TWD, you know, and I always read what he has to say because he's you know, oh, he's good, yeah, less reactionary kind of guys on there. And he was saying, yeah, you basically, and we'll talk about this in a sec. But in terms of who you appoint next, do you go for that gun for hire, as we say, that Paul Cook necessarily may have been, just to try and get you into those playoffs to give you a shot at getting promotion? Or are we almost at the point whereby we're already having to write off this season in December to give a guy a chance to build into next season? Issue being there is what happens in the summer with the guys who've signed up, you know, Edmondson, 
hasn't signed up to come and play League One for two seasons, has he? Great He's clause. Chaplin, yeah. Walton will be going back. Selena's going to be going back. Except you, you can reel off the guys who are here on loan. Brilliant. Joe, yeah. FFP, one-year plan. Well, you can't fail FFP in League One, can you? Because it's about salary management. And it's... The, the EFL won't let you register a player whose wages will take you outside the calculation. That's the whole point of it. And it's a live accounting tracker. So, no, we won't fail FFP. It's impossible to. And we're obviously within the limits or the owners are putting in more money. That's the simple bits of it. One-year plan, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll know what game changer want by the appointment they make. If it's Neil Warnock on a short-term deal, then they're looking to get promoted this season. If it's yeah. Liam Manning on a three-year deal, then yeah. they're probably saying you need to get us up next season. And if you can get us up this year, have a million pound bonus. But if you can't, you've, you've got to show you've got to show forward progress. You've got to get things going in the right direction so that we're in a position to challenge for the title next season, not to get into the playoffs. We need to be setting ourselves up for a title challenge in 2022-23 if we can't do enough this season. Dave, what's your thoughts on what Craig and Joe have said? Absolutely agree with Joe there, I think. That would certainly be the way I would go. Not Craig. Get, 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 well, <laughs> but what Joe said just then, you know, get in a gun for hire, get his, get his up there, get his in the playoffs this year, who knows? And then that gives, I personally like what Manning's, you know, well, we said, look, who are the highest, who are the highest goal scorers now in the division? MK Dons, isn't it? Um, you know, I quite like the idea of Manning and Hogg. And by that time, they'd have had, a, I don't know, another, well, certainly a full season at MK. Um, that's providing they don't get in the playoffs and get up. Who knows? But um, yeah, I kind of like that. I, I would go with that personally. Just have a shot at it. Let, let, let's talk names um, then, because I think the whole thing of it taking us all by surprise is that we've not really considered it, have we? Um, no. And that everyone jumps quickly and all the betting websites will get something up because they know <laughs> Ipswich is a good market and people will gamble on it. But um, I'm I interested in this. T- today. <laughs> there you go. And you, and you probably and you probably affected the the odds, you know, exponentially as well. You know, you putting your two pound fifty on uh, Liam Manning probably halved his odds. The amount yeah, of money that down from twelve on. to eight to one. Opinion yeah. maker. Um, but so I've not got my head around this. Um, I'd I'd actually push back on this idea of Paul Cook being a gun for hire as well. We've described him as a long-term philosophy guy. When you compare him to a a man-manager who players love, and obviously I'm not mentioning this name, but the name Neil Warnock has been been mentioned. That's, you know, the guy that has players eaten out of his hands and all he needs is good players and he'll get them them up. Um, But, uh, Craig, talk talk to me about some names and... Um, anybody listening to this, this happened one day ago and we've not had a long time to think about this. Oh, crikey. Come to me first. Um, well, actually, <laughs> just just referring again to TWTD, there was a really good post on there and I I can't think who. I think it was Wacko. Or maybe I just came Joe. Up, who, we, we, we're going to talk about TWTD and the bloody. camera's going on Joe full screen in a minute. So don't worry about oh, that. Yeah. Certainly wasn't that bloke. Crikey. Um, <laughs> no, but he, and he, was, he had a list of... Inflammatory. These, um, under <laughs> yeah, twisted fire starter. Sorry, Craig. Go on, go on. Sorry, no. sorry. Go on, Craig. Now I was going to say that he. It depends where we're going. I was saying about Nick Ames earlier. He and he had basically three categories of um, manager. It was either you we're calling the gunfire promotion specialist Neil Warnock. It's yeah. your under twenty three coach, head coach. Liam Manning. No, I appreciate I'm I'm downgrading Liam Manning a little bit there, but that age manager. Mm. Or it's your Appleton 
at a manager who's sort of maybe straddles both both camps. Yeah. Um, and I say, I think it was Wacko had this post where he had, you know, the guy who used to be uh, Man City's head coach is now at New York City. The the chap who two Chelsea guys who are at Chelsea, yeah. yeah, exactly. Anthony Barry, who was with Paul Cook at Wigan, is now at Chelsea, and obviously knows two or three of our guys. Um, the Chesterfield manager who came. He's from, from Sudbury, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Row, exactly. yeah. Plus, yeah, plus, Manning, plus Manning himself, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. And as you said, Ben, you, you'll, or as Joe said, sorry, you'll know from our next appointment what, what the yeah. strategy is for the, the next six is. months, for the next six months, won't you? Yeah. I just wonder whether, having seen how, for example, Blackpool did in getting Critchley and dragging him from Liverpool under 23s, whether it is something so that... Yeah. They'll do, and he'll he'll fit into the structure that they that they've got. Joe, I, I do think the the interesting sort of appointment last week that we spoke about is the John McGreal appointment, who's who's been brought into the club by Mark Ashton, not by Paul Cook, because Paul Cook wasn't going to be making appointments like that when he was two days away from the sack, was he? So <laughs> that is a that's a Mark Ashton appointment, and and John McGreal is an EFL manager. He's a I know he's only had well he's had a short spell at Swindon where he didn't manage a game, but he is a League Two manager, Exhibition Connections, used to working in the structure well, as a head coach, like they have mm. at Colchester. And I'm not saying he's the answer, but you, you can't rule him out. He's gonna, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a chance at this job without, without a doubt. He's gonna be the caretaker manager, isn't he? Uh, head of the Tuesday game and potentially into the Saturday game, depending on how. What's the deal with Kieran Dyer, um, Joe? Is he? He's still uh, the only he his... manager, but I don't, I don't think he'll be being considered for the job at the moment. From what Will I understand. he be on the bench, though? I, I, I don't know on that, for that matter. But They've got to find someone to fill up the bench, haven't they? Well, you'd imagine Cook's guy going to be as well. Someone yeah. posted on the message board that John Keeley, the goalkeeper <laughs> coach, will be, will be staying on for a bit longer until the new manager's in. But Because they all, yeah, there's a few going to go, isn't there? Bloody hell. Continue if you... Yeah, and also, but then you, like I say, Andy Warren put a list together, and it's sort of the League One managers, Ryan Lowe at Plymouth, who was sort of battering his eyelids at the um, Sheffield Wednesday press conference when he was talking about that. I think he'd quite like that job. (laughs) Is he is he maybe ready to move on to a bigger club? You've got Carl Robinson even at Oxford. Yeah, Michael Appleton at Lincoln, who was, I think, a few weeks ago, people have said he's the shoe in if. If he goes, but I, I don't know. It just seems that he's not. Doing, they're sort of eighteenth Lincoln, aren't no, they? And not, yeah. There was even talk about sacking him yesterday. I noticed the D three D four Twitter account saying saying about it, and maybe I don't know. His stock just doesn't seem to be as high as it as it ever was previously. So maybe maybe he's he's going to be considered. I know Dave's going to say it, but I think they just need to be very careful. Ashton needs to be very careful. He's, if he ends up appointing Appleton, I don't think that'll go down particularly well. With it. He's not the most inspiring. Charismatic, is he? Yeah. But, what about John McGreal as well? I think he's... A lot, I, know, I know he's got the Ipswich history, but I don't think he's got a managerial CV that you'd think, we've got to go out and get that guy in normal circumstances. Well, Joe, but, it just doesn't feel very in keeping with the the calibre and the profile of player that's coming. Why, no, would, you, why no. would you go... A grade on on the players, and then that that feels like Manchester United with Solskjaer telling yeah. Pogba what to do, and it's yeah. like okay. And David, I'd I'd like to see. Sorry, I'm still talking. No, um, no, go on, go on. I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd personally like to see a coach on the way up. We've we've had a lot of managers on the way down, effectively, and I'm not disparaging sort of someone like Paul Cook on that because he was a manager that we were all excited to get. But how many of how many of our previous 
managers, probably going back to Jim and Jilton, are managers who you think they've got the potential to be a Premier League manager one day. Well, Keane might have been, might have been. Yeah, Keane, yeah. That's probably He'd the have one done it, hadn't he? But yeah. He was still seen as a young, hot figure in the football management terms when we got him there. But I say Paul Jewell, no, safe pair of hands. Mick McCarthy, no, safe pair of hands. First. He was, on, he was on the upward trend, obviously. Very, was. very slow upward trend, though, wasn't he? He'd had that good season. Oh, well, it was upward nonetheless, wasn't he? He spent a lot of time. But I, I want a manager like like these names that Craig mentioned, like, like a Liam Manning, who is a 35-year-old, highly rated coach that yep. gets the younger generation of footballers, which you have to deal with now. Because I say, obviously, you've, you've got your crazy people like Neil Warlock that can seem to get anyone eating out the palm of their hand because they're just brilliant man managers. But... It's, it's very different now. These these guys are young men. You've got all the social media side of it. You've got it's it's harder to manage people in this day and age now. The sort of I don't know and, millennials or younger than millennials, zennials or whatever they call them. But <laughs> it's a, it's a very very different different skill man management now. And you, you've Cancel got, him. But you but you look at someone like Gareth Southgate, for example, who's very 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 emotionally intelligent, and we've got a very collegiate. Um, sort of set up outside the club when you look at Mark Ashton and all the people around that it's very, very collegiate, sort of very everyone's very well qualified Executive. executives, yeah. big structure. And you need you need a manager that, that is you, you don't need an old school manager to go into that. You need a modern, forward thinking manager to I go mean, into that. Managers fits the bill, doesn't he? And you know, Hoggers Hoggers I think was quite well thought of in his time at coaching coaching yeah. at the club and he comes He's with got David Wright David Wright, Wright there as Lewis well. Price I mean, is fit, fits the coach. bill absolutely perfectly. However, as a sideshow, come on guys, Neil Warnock <laughs> in front of twenty eight thousand people marching along the touchline, punching punching Lee Johnson. Having an open bare knuckle fight with Lee Johnson. <laughs> Gradually boiling with it's every be, decision that goes. There's, 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 a, there's a Twitter account, and it's, it's just it. every Saturday. All they do is just post the same thing, which is Neil Warnock shout. He's got a effing die for three points out there. And every Saturday, honestly, I see it, it makes me laugh. I don't see it there, but I'm totally in. I'm totally in the Liam Manning. You know, hog. <laughs> going to be? Is it going to be too early? I'm totally in that camp. However, I'd just love to see it just for. And also, as you like, funnily enough. The, the whole Liam Manning thing. You know, Liam Manning took over in... He hates Lee Johnson. It's brilliant. In the summer, doesn't he? What's the... Liam... Sorry. You could see and all, and all... another Netflix documentary, The Last yeah, Dance. Thanks for Warnock, isn't it? I just don't know Warnock. And what, what, was the, what Warnock might like is the proximity of the of the dugouts to the fourth official, because basically oh, they're in oh, place, is there? You've got like six inches... Six inches where the fourth oh, official has to stand between the two uh, technical areas. He, he, was, he was on TalkSport this week talking about Rafa Benitez and Brazil asked him about his opinion on Rafa Benitez. He's just, he's just a genius. He said, yeah, um, Rafa Benitez um, once tried to undertake legal proceedings against him, field in a, field in a weekend team, he said. I hope he stays there for another three or four games. He says, gets even more grief. I love it. He's, a, he's brilliant. But he's look, brilliant. If, maybe it's not like it was, but if football management is about charisma... Then oh. get him in, get him in. But it's probably not anymore. Um, Imagine it with, with Selena B's able to rap. who get all the yeah. players to go and say, lads, look, Absolutely. this guy's going to get you up. Just God, don't yeah, worry. some cover behind him, wouldn't but, but, yeah, I, would. I, know we, I know we spoke about Liam Manning a few times, but that's going to be that's, that's going to be tough to extract him out of MK Dons. They're a no, very well-run club. Yeah. That's a good yeah. job, MK Dons. Yeah, yeah, I always end up him. defending I mean, what, them in our WhatsApp group. What an owner. Liam Sweeting, the sort of director of football who's... 
very smart, very switched on guy. There was yep. a good podcast with him, the Athletics and Tactics podcast, and it was um, the sort of analyst guy and Ali from the Not the Top Twenty podcast talking to him, and he's smart and he's talking about how they recruited Manning and they sort of focused in on him and went for him. And it's after twenty games or so, it's it's going to take a a very very good offer of him to walk but, away from that, especially after we've just sacked a manager who bought in nineteen players in the summer and has only been given four months to work with that squad. The the owner's going to have to show that they're going to give him a sort of a long long term job and a really sell the vision to him. But I don't know; it'd be fascinating to odds, see, wouldn't it? The odds, well, just before I came on here, is Frank Frank Yallop, wasn't it? I mean, that's I suppose two and two. Did you say Frank Lampard then? No, it was Frank Yellow. I know it because um, I spoke to Walkie at the um, match on Wednesday. He's like saying, "I've been on the phone. I've been on the phone to Frank Yellow, telling him he's got to get over and manage us." And he said that uh, Yellow is definitely interested in the job, and obviously has a connection to the owners. But I I don't see it happening personally. No, Um, yeah. Dave mentioned. Sorry, just a quick one. George Burley only had about twenty games in charge of Colu before he left there and came back home. So, you know. He did. Chris Hogg is obviously George Burley's son-in-law, isn't it? So yes, he, he is. He'll be on the phone. Yeah. There it is. Cole, you um, still haven't forgiven I'll, us for that, have they? Still I'll haven't forgiven us for that. I'll drop George a text, don't worry. Um, there you go. Dave mentioned TalkSport, and I'm going to go all TalkSport now and put the focus on poor old Joe here. Um, because... Uh, we never have a we never take a position as a podcast, um, but we do take accusations of bias um, against our presenters very very seriously. Now, um, Joe, you've had a, a bit of a rough day of it on TWTD, so I'm going to give you a chance to um, um, to state your case. Sober um, up here, sober up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to give you a chance to state your. case. Where were you, Joe? Where did it come? Where were you? Well, Obviously, I was in the Swan when I had to oh, through, just before I went to right. Arcade Tavern <laughs> oh, and then no. Maloko. <laughs> let, oh, let, me, let, me, let me set this up properly. Obviously, <laughs> none of us are going to stand here and whitewash and defend Joe. Probably quite the opposite. We're all going to bury him like the rest of TWTD <laughs> has done as well. But um, So, Joe, um, you are known to Luke Chambers. I don't think that's a secret in the, um, in the Ipswich town um fan space isn't it and there's been some accusations um about your um sort of thoughts on paul cook being linked to his treatment of luke chambers now luke chambers yesterday uh, uh, i'll deal with this so you don't have to joe because it puts you in an awkward position but not a very um well-advised instagram story or whatever it is um quoting the demolition man now joe you um you replied, and these are your words. I've got TWTD in front of me here. Uh, his career was ended by a nobody who lasted five minutes. No wonder he's annoyed. So that was a little bit inflammatory, Joe. I think even you would admit that, wouldn't you? Um, and a poster called Vic um, has accused you here. And in calling Cook a nobody in this post, you're showing your true colours, Joe. Despite your protestations of trying to keep middle ground, it was so transparent that you really didn't like him. So, Joe... Can you answer this criticism that you are anti-Paul Cook because of your relationship with Luke Chambers? Um, the, the the funny thing is, I hadn't spoke to Luke from when Paul Cook was appointed. The last First time I spoke to him was just Craig. before just before Cook was appointed, <laughs> and he was he was saying, "Look, this is when Lambert was jo- in a job." He's like, oh, "Bloody hell, look, Paul Cook's out there. We could get him." And um, so he was obviously looking forward to Paul Cook coming in, and. I didn't speak to him again until after he'd been released, effectively. And by this time, I was already getting a huge amount of stick for being anti-Paul Cook throughout 
throughout that time because because I just didn't think he was doing a very good job last year. I thought he was going to come in and fire us up to the automatic promotion places, mm-hmm. and backed that with a significant amount of money. So that might that might have more to do with it. The the fact we dwindled down the table as my cash out for my bet dwindled down to zero pence. <laughs> and, um, but for for me, and this is the the tweet that was quoted back at me for months and months. It was it was about the. I think the way the players are treated and like Luke Chambers, he, he divides opinion. And I think personally, captain played 40 games last year, probably deserved another year's contract, but I wouldn't have seen him as a nailed on starter, but I wasn't particularly precious about whether he stayed or not in, in the, in the grand scheme of things. For me, it was the way that when the news story broke from sort of the guys at East Anglia and backed up by the guys at TWTD that Andre Dazelle, Flynn Downs, Luke Wolfenden, Miles Kenlock, Jack Lancaster, Teddy Bishop, all being told they can leave. And I, and I just found it, you're just ripping the guts out of the club, it felt like, ripping the heart of the club. The, these people that have been there since they're seven, eight years old that know Ipswich Town Football Club. And, and like I say, you've got Luke James and Cole Skews on the other side of that. But I think their, 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 their careers were coming to an end at that level. So it could, I'm not saying it was a wrong decision to release either of them, especially Skews who hadn't been fit all year. But for me, I, I just didn't like the way the way we just ripped out the heart of what was Ipswich Town. And people say, well, Flynn Downs wanted to leave. Andre Dazel wanted to leave. Well, I'm sure Connor Chaplin, I'm sure Sam Morsey, I'm sure Kyle Edwards and Christian Walton and Bursant Selina didn't want to be playing League One football this year. But they had a, a vision sold to them of what this club could be and where it's going and were paid accordingly to keep to get them here, to stay here in League One. But... Flynn Downs and Andre Dazelle, two midfielders who were playing regularly for decent championship sides. And Ipswich boys, they, they weren't sold that vision. They were told to sling your rook and see you later. Well, I, I just felt it was the totally wrong approach. from Coop. I didn't like the demolition man talk. I've, but but then, like I say, we got to the start of this season. I was quite happy to be behind him because I thought we'd built a good squad. But he hasn't been able to get over it. Maybe, maybe my patience with him was shorter. Do you regret than, calling him a nobody, was, Joe? That wasn't fair, was it? Um, I think in the history of Ipswich Town, he's a nobody now. But in, in, in football, football, no, he's, 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 not, he's, a very, he? he's a very good football manager who yeah. has done a brilliant job at three other clubs. And sadly, and I think maybe a part of it were outside of his control, as we spoke about earlier, it, with regards to the job he signed up for and the job he subsequently ended up with. It just hasn't worked for him, but it, it hasn't looked like working for him for a long time. I thought I think he probably should have had a bit more criticism for what he did last last season. And it was interesting to see Stuart Watson put the sort of the Paul cooking quotes from sort of like March through out on Friday night. And it's I, I, I was frustrating because he, he is he is obviously a good manager. Like he is you, you don't achieve what he's achieved in the game without being a good manager. And I say it's um, my main frustrations, it's sad, it's sad it hasn't worked out for him here because Ipswich Town is who I support. I don't support Luke Chambers. And I don't support Paul Cook. I support Ipswich Town. And what's best for Ipswich Town is what I want. And I want us to get up. And I want us to get out of this league. And I didn't like, like I said, I didn't like what happened last year. I didn't I didn't think that was good enough. But we, we came into this season, League One. We were going to show League One no mercy. And I was getting a bit tired of the excuses quite early in the season with regards to the gelling. But then we did look like we were improving in that spell of 10 games. But... As soon as we played a couple of decent teams, the, the football it's, it's got it's got boring and it's got apathetic at Portman Road again. The fans they're no they don't look angry, they look bored, and it's and it's just got there so quickly, which I, I don't think anyone expected. I thought I think everyone thought it was going to click and it was going to gel, but 
we, we get, we're going backwards and I think a change needs to be made. But I'm not, like I say, I'm not. There's, there's no implicit I don't hate, bias. I don't then. hate Paul Cook. I've, I've met the guy, I've spoke to him and he seems a, a really good guy, a really passionate guy. I, I don't think he treated the players with the respect they deserved, the ones that were being released last year, people that have given a lot of their lives and careers to the football club. And I'm talking as, as much, if not more, about the academy boys, guys like Teddy Bishop, who been at the club since they were eight leaving the club at 25 and basically just getting a 30 second conversation. Yeah. You're being released. See you later. And he, I think he came out and said it was brutal and how, how it was handled. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you spoke to the others, I've spoken to, well, I, I won't say the relation, a relation of another player. And he's, he said that it was the same for his relation. who was released and it was really disappointing. And especially seeing, like I say, all the players, Luke Wolfen would have gone if we didn't need to keep one Academy player for the squad rules. And, it's, 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 it was unnecessary. I, I said at the time it was unnecessary. It still feels unnecessary. But all things considered, we've got a brilliant squad now. And it's just time for somebody to start with this squad, picking it up and getting us flying up the table where we need to be and where we should be. Well done, Joe. Sorry. Um, for anyone that thinks I just put Joe on the spot, I asked his permission to ask about that. And well done, Joe. You're class act for um, answering it. And I will again reiterate we don't plan what we're going to say here. Everybody who comes on the pod, I don't ask Craig what he's going to say and then vet it. I don't ask what Dave's going to say, Richard, Mikey, etc., etc. Everyone um, has their view. So um, well done, Joe, for um, debunking um, that. Hopefully, um, yes, yes, there. Ben. Oh, sorry, yes, Ben, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. Go we to outro. Not, we do not, yes, we are. I knew you were no get an agenda. I knew you were sent it, Joe. Oh, dearie me. Um, I am contractually obliged to mention, um, in fact, I'm just going to read the WhatsApp message. It would be good to mention ITFC women. Um, who turned up in the FA Cup 4-0 win over the Crawley Wasps. Girls from Thomas Egan own Golden Barrett. AFC Wimbledon ladies up next in the third round next That result weekend. must have really stung them. There you go. He's back, everybody. Um, Dave, last words on Paul Cook. <laughs> Speechless. Speechless. Read your script, Dave. For God's sake. No, I, haven't, I haven't got it. Surprised. Joe, last words on Paul Cook. Thanks for all your efforts at the football club. Good luck in your next venture. And just a real shame that it hasn't worked out from here. Is is the is my main overriding emotion. It's just sad that he's not, but I think it needed to happen. I think the change needed to happen. And whilst I'm surprised at the timing of it, I'm I'm not shocked that it has happened. Craig, last words on Paul Cook. Yes, that's sadness. I said it last night when Rich asked me first of all, what, what, what's your overriding emotion? It was just sadness that it hasn't worked out because I've got no ill feelings. I've got no, you know, no dog in the game or anything like that. I just seems like a lovely, lovely guy. I'm just sad it hasn't worked out. I just, I just wonder whether he'll look back and just rue that sliding doors moment that Liam Richards and all of a sudden, you know, became bloody Pep Guardiola at Wigan and and didn't <laughs> come along as his assistant. Because I'm pretty sure it was assumed by all parties that come the summer he would be joining us, and you know, we'll we'll never know, we'll never know what would have happened had that happened. Excellent stuff. So. Here we are once again um, on the Blue Monday podcast. We've covered Mick McCarthy going. We've covered Paul Hurst going. We've covered Paul Lambert going. We've now covered Paul Cook going. Who's next? Um, get your comments in. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Um, 
bit of a fiery show between the four of us tonight, but we hope you have enjoyed it. There's been no script. We've only talked about one thing and we've gone very long. So I'm sure I'll be in lots of trouble on all accounts. But thank you, everybody, uh, for watching, listening, etc., subscribing, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc., etc. Um, and we will see you very soon. And we will know more in due course who is going to be the next manager of Ipswich Town. See you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.